Don't you love those scintillating conversations with your friends about the would-haves or could-haves? Hello, everyone. Welcome back again to Easier with a Friend, where two friends chat about different life situations, including hypothetical ones. We are your hosts, Chi and Elaine. And today, we're engaging in some fun theoretical discussions with each other. Yeah, we think it will be a pretty fun episode today. For our regular listeners, y'all know that Chi and I have been friends for about 25 years. So we have obviously had all kinds of talks and chats. As with any friends, we've discussed hypothetical, you know, what would you do type situations. And we thought it might be interesting to do an episode today with situations we have not discussed with each other before. So jumping right to it, Chi, would you hire any help, like home help, a maid, a nanny, housekeeper, who is attractive? And I suppose I should specify, like, would you hire an an attractive woman because your husband might be home spending time with her? Or I suppose also, would you hire an attractive male? Would you put that temptation in your own way? How do you feel about it? And that's the perfect way for me to answer that question is to answer it in reverse. I am one of those person that feel like I have no reason to believe if someone can fall to temptation, that I am somehow above that. Mm-hmm. I've always felt like the best way to avoid trouble is to avoid temptation. And so, no, I would not hire an attractive nanny, whether it be male or female. I do not want my husband, obviously, to have that kind of temptation in his life. I don't want that temptation in front of him, especially since male and my husband specifically are very visual creatures. <laughs> but I myself would probably be tempted to have some thoughts. I don't think I would ever take actions or anything like mm-hmm. that. But if let's say the pool boy has his shirt off and he's cleaning the pool, <laughs> and he has a real nice six pack, I would be looking out the window a little bit. When he's <laughs> cleaning the pool. <laughs> it would be just very tempting. And I just don't want to put myself in that situation. What about you? How much do you trust Nick? Oh, no, I I agree with that entirely, what you said. It isn't even about trust. It's about, it's like you said, knowing that you are not above the failings of other humans. Exactly. Because other people have been in this situation, and I'm sure there are many people who have been in this situation and not been tempted, but you never hear about those people. (laughs) You only hear about the people who have been in the situation and been tempted, right? Jude Law for instance, comes to mind. So many celebrities, because that's always what makes the news. Normal people's lives don't typically make the news quite as much, obviously. But I think that's just hubris on a whole nother level that you assume you're above what normal humanity would do, right? So I don't think it's about temptation when your marriage is good. But life is long. And if anyone knew anything about marriages, it's that you cannot assume that your marriage will always be good. A marriage will always have its ups and it will have its downs. And during the ups, yeah, everything is great. Like I can say right now, you could put a hundred thunder from down under guys in front of me, (laughs) all with varying states of physical peakness. And none of them would turn my head. I wouldn't look at any of them and think, oh, I'm leaving my husband for that guy. No, because our marriage is going great right now. But we're two years in. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not stupid enough to think, that 20 years in, 
maybe if we're hitting a low patch that the nanny might not, if I hire a male nanny who's physically beautiful, I might not be like, all right, you. (laughs) (laughs) So I agree with you. I'm on that side. I would never hire male or female personal assistants, nannies, anything like that, that are, I think, too attractive. Well, if the only choices you have are an attractive male nanny or an attractive female nanny, who would you go with? Attractive male nanny all day long. Me too. Because again, I don't think I would ever act on it. And if those were the only option and I must hired one, I would go with my own eye candy. I agree with you because yes, I don't think I would ever act on it, but also because I just feel that I am more aware of it. And I would say that you're probably more aware of it as well. And I don't want to make the generalization that this is a all female thing. I'm sure there are guys who are aware of their own actions and feelings, but I, ever since I was young, have always been taught by my grandmother that, Hey, if it's a, if you are a married woman, if he is a married man, you just try to avoid putting yourself in the line of temptation. Mm -hmm. But my grandmother, of course, is, was, she raised me. She was very old school. She's a grandmother, you know, born of a different generation. So she had rules that were like, you should not lay down in the presence of male company, but especially in the presence of married male company, because you don't want to tempt anybody mm-hmm. or you just don't want to be behind closed doors with a married male because who might talk and things like that. And those are very old school rules. And I'm not saying that modern people have to follow them. But I am saying that I have always been brought up to be aware that if I'm in a relationship and I'm feeling too close to somebody that I will pull back. Yeah. Or I may have to let the nanny go or (laughs) right. But I feel that the way that I know my husband, he just wouldn't be quite so aware of that. I think he would when it got to the point where he was like, oh, oh, I really do am attracted to the nanny. But I don't think he would think of it like, oh, she's fun. We're just having fun conversation. Like, where's the line where it's too close? I'm not sure how aware he would be of that. So I choose the male nanny because I feel, and I could be wrong, that (laughs) that I have just better self-awareness of where the line should be cut off personally. I totally agree with that. Yeah. So kind of along those lines, is it okay to have a work wife or a work husband? And how close is too close to said person? This is a hard one for me because in general, I'm an introvert. So there aren't too many people that I get that close to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so for me, my husband is probably the one male that I am closest to. Mm -hmm. There isn't another guy friend I can even say at this point that I have any kind of like relationship with as far as I understand the definition of a wife or husband it's supposed to be like someone that you are close to it's non-sexual and you kind of help each other got each other's back at work you kind of work buddies if you will Mm -hmm. so I guess in that way it's okay but there definitely should be boundaries Mm -hmm. for example if you're going to hang out with this work husband or wife outside of work, 
maybe that's a good time to bring your own spouse along or their spouse along if they have one. Mm -hmm. What do you think? I'm again on the old fashioned thing. I think because of the way my grandmother raised me, I am extremely uncomfortable with the concept of work wife or work husband. I have had a couple of coworkers previously that, oh yeah, you're like my work wife. And I cut it off at the knees. I was like, uh, no, I am not your work anything. <laughs> and I don't know if it kind of surprised them how emphatic I was. I'm great friends with my coworkers and we joke and we laugh and it's all fun and games and no problem, but I am just uncomfortable with the term work wife. And I'm like, we're bros. I'm not your work wife. <laughs> uh, I'm not your wife anything. I have a husband. That's my husband. I'm nobody's work wife, gym wife. I don't know any other future terms that are invented. I just dis I dislike it intensely. It gives me the heebie-jeebies like anyway. <laughs> For normal people, I know it's kind of a joke-ish thing, but I am not into the trend. That's a no-go for me. <laughs> I totally understand. Okay, I've got another hypothetical situation for you. So let's say guy girl are dating and they decide to move in together. Whether he moves into her apartment or she moves into his apartment, should they charge each other rent? Like if the person A already has the apartment or boyfriend, boyfriend, girlfriend, girlfriend situation. Let's say person A already has an apartment and is paying rent on it. When person B moves in, they're in a relationship. Should they charge person B rent? Okay, so I may be a little bit old-fashioned here, but if you are at a point in your relationship where you are moving in together, I'm expecting you to be a little bit more serious or that serious stage of your relationship. Mm -hmm. So if you are already at that stage, you should have already discussed something about finances because come on now, we need to talk about finances, especially with someone who you potentially would want to share your life with in any kind of long-term capacity. Mm -hmm. So for me, it would be fair to have said, okay, I want to move in, but let's see what the rent situation is. It can get tricky if, for example, let's say he wants a really expensive apartment and she doesn't necessarily need that kind of expensive apartment. They don't agree on the budget for how much the apartment is. The question is, is it still going to be 50-50? I definitely think that if you're going to live with somebody that you are straightforward and be as fair as possible when it comes to finances, because you don't ever want the other person in that relationship to feel like you're somehow taking advantage of them or being unfair to them. Honestly, mm -hmm. what do you think? I agree with you on that. I think that if you're moving in together, then the person who's moving in should have some expectation of paying for something because would you think you were just getting to live somewhere for free? That seems kind of, that seems kind of moochy. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm on board with you. I feel like this is a topic that I've seen debated. Like, I think it was a boyfriend girlfriend situation where she was moving into his apartment and I guess she didn't feel like she should pay rent, but I felt like he should look for a new girlfriend. So that was personal. <laughs> <laughs> And I tend to think about it like this. And it's very easy. If the situation was your brother, your sister, your children who was facing that same situation and their significant other or roommate didn't want to pay a fair share, how would you feel on their behalf? And 
that should tell you where you're standing in that situation. So person A wants a luxury apartment, person B can say, well, look, it's fine. I will agree to this if you'll agree to pay 65%. It's only fair since you want the upgrade and that's what I can afford. And then the choice is back in person A's lap, right? Mm -hmm. Do they love the luxury that much where they're willing to pay the extra for it? Then it is what it is. So there's a fair way to work out any of those situations. And I do think that communication is key in in any relationship. I think a lot of people fear the finance talk, but I'm with you on that page too. I think if you're going to see long-term with this person, then you absolutely have to get on the same page about finances because that is the number one thing, I think, in a relationship that can be a killer, right? Number one thing that can be stressful. And a lot of it comes down to communication because the person can't read your mind. Your significant other cannot understand instinctively what you think about finances or what you think should be spent on a certain item. So being able to communicate and being open with your finances, which I think our society makes it difficult because a lot of people learn from a young age, maybe not to talk about money, but you really need to get comfortable with that because that is one of the major things I think in a relationship that you are going to discuss. So it was supposed to be a fun theoretical discussion and now we're imparting great life lessons. (laughs) (laughs) So this last question that I actually have for you, I think is a lot of fun because this is definitely applicable to you and me. Should your best friend's enemy become your enemy? Why don't you go first with that one? Yeah, if you have an enemy, she's dead to me or he's dead to (laughs) me, right? Absolutely. I have no qualms. I mean, again, I think when I think about the hypothetical situation, I think, well, what is that person to you? If you have a best friend or a very good friend, then obviously they're your very good friend for a reason. I'm assuming you've built up a relationship over years. They've been there for you, I hope. (laughs) (laughs) They've emotionally or mentally supported you stood in your corner and they have an enemy. It's now time for you to stand in their corner. Now I do understand that there are situations where perhaps your best friend is crazy. (laughs) And when I say this, I mean, normally I'm the crazy one and she is the one talking logic into me. Okay. So I'm not saying that she's gone, gone off the deep end and I'm looping, (laughs) reeling her back in. Normally it's the other way around. I'm very passionate. And sometimes it's very I'm suddenly so angry at this person. And she is like, okay, it's, it's okay. And she listens and then she provides feedback and she's like, maybe it's not as serious as we thought. And she does kind of help calm me down. So there are those situations where maybe you shouldn't just jump on the boat immediately. Maybe you should hear it out and f- figure out a logical solution for your friend. But Yes. If somebody has wronged you, they're dead to me. (laughs) They are your enemy. They are my enemy. (laughs) And that's where I stand on that. And and I actually have a actual real life applicable situation where I have a friend and this has been years ago, like broke up with her ex. And I think there are certain friends who are still friends with the ex and whatever, whatnot. And I stand firmly on the, I mean, he's an ex, he's dead to me whether he's a good guy or not, I don't need him in my life. We don't need to be friends. And it's one of those situations too, where your friend might feel that way and not 
want to express that to you and tell you, you can't be friends with that person. Then you should just know where your loyalties lie is how I feel about it. Let me go on the record as saying, I love Tony. He's the father of the girls and he always will be, but should one day he do something and you decide you to, you hate him, you're going to divorce him. He's dead to me. <laughs> you have it on record, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> so I am not as Okay, not that I don't love you. Let me say it that way. Not that I don't love you dearly and not that I'm not on your side 100%. I would have to say, here's where I stand on this. You have an enemy. That person can never really be my friend. Sure. But are they my enemy? I don't know. I don't think so. It depends, right? Okay. So I think there's, there's a slight difference there. I'm kind of like you were just saying earlier. I'm more like, let's talk about this. What have they done to become your enemy? You know, <laughs> Not that you need to convince me or anything like that. But again, let's use the ex situation. If you and Nick split up, barring that, let's just say he didn't do anything horrible. If he did something horrible to you, he is dead to me. Okay. He's for sure dead to me. But let's just say you guys kind of had a falling out. You grew apart, irreconcilable differences, and amicable split. Is Nick my enemy? If I saw him, I probably would never be his friend. I'll probably not be like, hey, Nick, come on over and hang out. No, no. But if I saw him, would I not say, hey, how are you? You know what I mean? Sure, sure. He's not my enemy, but he could never be my friend. And so I think that's where I stand now. If this enemy of yours seriously did something that I feel is so messed up, right? It's so messed up on, on just a human moral humanity level. Yeah. I would then conclude that this person is not someone I would care to have around me anyways, because of their poor decision, because of what a horrible human being they are. Why would I need to be friendly or even cordial to this person? If I saw them, I would probably try to act like I didn't and cross the street or some other way to avoid having that human interaction. But if let's just say, again, it's your ex, pretty amicable, whatever. <laughs> or if it's just someone that you have a strong disagreement with over something, but it's not like, you know how some people you just don't have good chemistry with? Mm -hmm. It is not necessarily that they're a terrible person, but you and them just don't seem to want to mix. And I don't expect my friends to feel the same way about that person, I suppose. You know what I mean? Sure. And I'm at a point in my life where I can pretty much say, hey, I don't hate that person. They're not my enemy, although they're not my friend. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I guess I have this gray area. Okay. I understand what you're saying. I understand. And I want to emphasize this is probably the reason you and I have been friends for so long. Because yeah. as I stated when I said it, that I would always be the one who's like, yes, your enemy <laughs> is my enemy. We shall drink the blood of our enemies, <laughs> right? And you're the one who would be like, okay, hang on. <laughs> but sure, I mean, of course there is gray area. There are definitely people that I'm certain friends of mine dislike intensely, which I don't dislike them intensely. I just kind of nothing them. So I agree with that. I suppose that is true. So I take it back, Tony, if y'all have an amicable split, I will still say hello to you when I see you. <laughs> so, so there you have it. But no, I, I, no, I agree with that. I can see where you're coming from. The gray area, I think definitely does exist. I suppose when I think enemy, I just mean they've definitely wronged you in some terrible way. And so if they are your enemy, they are my enemy. Absolutely. No questions asked. 
but I suppose it comes down to what what it was that they did. And <laughs> realistically, how bad are we talking? <laughs> Once again, that's a wrap for Easier with a Friend. As always, we cannot express how much we appreciate you guys tuning in. Just a reminder, if you've had fun with us today, take a little time to reach out to a friend and catch up. Remember to subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss any new episodes. Follow us on Instagram at Easier with a Friend on our Facebook page, Easier with a Friend, or email us at easierwithafriend at gmail.com.